Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to episode 119 of the Simply Convivial podcast. Welcome to the Simply Convivial podcast. I'm here to help you beat the boom and bust cycle by organizing your attitude so you can organize your life. Simply Convivial keeps you on track with the ABCs of homemaking. We align our attitudes, build better habits, and carry out our calling. Convivial, if broken down to the Latin roots, means with life. And that's what we want for our homes, isn't it? Convivial refers to an atmosphere. It reminds us to build a home where life is abundant with all the mess that that entails. Simply, on the other hand, reminds us to put first things first and not complicate living or learning. Just do it together. Simply Convivial. So today's episode is a little bit different. It's a little bit longer and it will be perfect for listening while you are making cookies or cleaning extra for Christmas. Today's episode is the full replay of a workshop that I did a few weeks ago on making home. The work that you do as a homemaker truly does matter. And the more we are focused in on the big picture, the more satisfied we're going to be at the end of the day, the more focused and motivated our daily work is going to be. So grab some laundry to fold, some dinner to cook, or some house to clean, and enjoy this replay. All about making home. Simply Convivial is the name of my blog, and I know it's a weird word, but convivial means getting along together with festivity and joy, enjoying one another and doing life together is kind of all what's wrapped up in the word convivial. So it's not a common word, but it really cuts to the chase of what we really want in our homes whether it's homeschooling or homemaking, just families, whatever season of life you're in, convivial applies and simply convivial because it doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't take a complex system. It's, it's usually the small things that make the biggest difference. So we focus on those. So as we talk about homemaking today, you are not going to hear superficial solutions, kind of like the the homemaking version of a get rich quick plan, right? That's usually what like Pinterest or the Martha Stewart magazines, real simple, just not real simple at all. It's just real expensive. (laughs) Um, Those are like the get rich quick equivalent of homemaking. And you will not find that here. And One reason why is that there is no one size fits all answer for each one of us. There are principles that apply, but what we each need to do and focus on and work on is not the same. So what works for someone isn't going to work for another person because of different seasons, different personalities, not just the homemaker's personality, but the personality of her family and their family culture is different. And that's okay. We're not supposed to be carbon copies of one another. We're supposed to work in and where and with those that God has placed the the people that God's made us to be, as well as the people God's put us with. We work with that. Uh, We don't try to change that to be some kind of idyllic version that we are shooting for. That's not actually getting organized. Getting organized starts with your attitude. And that is much deeper and different than positive thinking. But we can have labeled matching container closets everywhere in the house and our house can still not be convivial, not be a fun place to be. And that is not any kind of goal we should be shooting for where the stuff 
is in the right place, but our hearts are not. Our hearts and our relationships need to be in the right place first. And it's not that we never deal with the closets, but we always keep first things first. And what that really shows us is that we have a self-control problem, not a situation control problem. So most organization stuff out there is about controlling the situation and like making your way happen in the world. And that's not the kind of organization or homemaking that we are going to talk about today. We're going to talk about self-control, starting with ourselves. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. It's something we're called to grow in. And when we do, that applies across the board, across life. And it's not like our closets won't be affected. They will, but it starts inside. It doesn't start outside. So we, we start with the inside and start with ourselves recognizing our need for sanctification. And because it's that, because we need that kind of deep change, uh, because homemaking really does cut to the core of who we are. It's not just laundry and dishes and everything outside of us. Therefore, we need to make sure that we're grounded in truth and that will make a huge difference because we're not looking only or merely for a difference in our closets. We're looking for a difference in ourselves. We're looking to grow spiritually even, as, as well as growing in responsibility and diligence and all those things. So whether or not we are thinking and living truth is the foundational question. And so we make sure that everything we say lines up with truth. That, that's going to matter big time. And part of truth is realistic expectations. So we don't expect the world to change the way it operates just because we want it to work a different way, right? And part of that comes back to uh, perfectionism and idealism being temptations. They're lies that when they set the goals that we have for ourselves or for our homes, we are working under a lie and not truth. So we need to have realistic expectations, not that they need to be low expectations, but they need to be aligned with truth and not aligned with some perfectionist, idealistic standard. We need to watch our standard. So that's the way that we are going to approach homemaking today. That's the way I talk about it on my blog or in my podcast and definitely inside membership as well, where we have courses and a chat community, emails, texts, extra podcasts, kind of all the things. There goes my mouse. It just fell. <laughs> um all those things because we need this over and over and over again. It's not just a, okay, I learned that now I'm good to go. None of us are like that. It, it's not just a, a lesson learned, check the box, move on. It, it's a process and it's, it's something we need to be, we need to be aligned with truth every single day. Because just as humans, we are so quick to forget. Okay, so now that I have had a sip of my coffee and I've picked up my mouse from off the floor, <laughs> just real life here, let's talk about what homemaking is. So homemaking, this is according to the dictionary. So this is not some weird definition or strange source that I got it from. This is just straight dictionary definition of homemaking. Homemaking is the creation and management of a home 
especially as a pleasant place in which to live. And, and so we have really, this is similar to convivial, right? We have a pleasant place to live in. We have a convivial place to live in. That's the end goal. So that means that the end goal isn't matching containers labeled properly and no one ever messes it up, right? And I like that this, so I like that this definition has the end goal right there in the definition, uh, making a pleasant place in which to live. And then there's two ways, two verbs here. How does homemaking happen? What is homemaking is an action. It's something we're doing. What are we doing when we are homemaking? We are creating and we are managing. And it's all right there in the dictionary definition. So I, I just love that. So we're going to break this down as our three points today. I'm kind of excited to have slides and three points from a dictionary definition. This is really making me happy. The only thing that would make this better is if actually I, we already had make, create should have been an M verb. So it could have all been alliterative. That would have been awesome. But we went with just the verbs straight from the dictionary definition. How do we make a home? We create a home, we manage a home, and we make it a pleasant place in which to live. Those three things. So we're going to talk about all three of those today. And starting with creating a home, we have to think about even what is a home. If we're going to create it and manage it and make it a pleasant place to be, what even is it? What is a home? Do you have, I would love to hear in the chat, what are some definitions of home? What does home mean? What is it? How can we create it that we can't create it unless we know what it is? What brings a home into existence? Where does a home come from? Is it created out of nothing? How do we how do we create a home? And then why are homes a thing in the first place? So we're really it this is the first step, but it's definitely the most like esoteric. <laughs> we're talking about existence and definitions and because if we don't have those in place, this is starting with truth. We have to start with truth if we are going to move forward well with a proper orientation and all of that. Uh, Lisa says that she hopes it's a fond memory for her children. Lisa says it's a safe place, a comfortable place. Jessica says it's a family. Autumn says it's a place of belonging. These are all great. A place where your family dwells and shares life. Yes, a refuge from the world. Home is a refuge, a nourishing and restful place. Yes, right. It's more, the home is more than just a house with the four walls. Our home is made within a house. But yes, a home includes love, tradition, life, rhythm, routines. Yes. A gospel home base. I love that, Megan. Okay. So, right. The, the home is a special place and a special word. That's why we have a different word that's different from house. So a lot of what we think of when we think homemaking, we think a lot about the housework. But homemaking includes housework, but housework isn't all of homemaking. Homemaking includes creating a home. So as I think it's important to point out too that we don't actually bring our own homes into existence. What does bring a home into existence? Who makes families really? 
and who makes homes? Who, who thought of them in the first place? We didn't. God did. God brought our family about and God made us each a family in different, he has done that in different ways, brought different kinds of people together, even if different kinds just means husband and wife. But God is the one who calls the family together, makes them a family, makes them a home. And it, home was God's idea in the first place, not ours. God's the first one who created a home, right? Before he made Adam and Eve, he made them a home, a garden. So he made the whole world, but he didn't just put them in the whole world. And so here's the whole thing started with a garden and God planted the garden, made the garden special as the place for them to live, told them to tend and keep it, right? We'll get that to that with management, but gave them work to do to maintain and to manage it. That all happened before the fall, before sin, before sin, there was a home and there was work to manage the home. So homemaking is not a result of the fall. It is something very basic and human that we are created and designed to live out. And homes teach us then about God because he is the one who made home a thing. And he is the one who is even still preparing a home for us. Jesus is preparing a home for us in heaven and will remake the world um, after he comes again. So we have at the very beginning, God made a home for man in the garden. And then that's how the Bible opens. And then in the end, the Bible closes with a new heavens and a new earth descending as a new home where we will be forever with the Lord. So home is God's idea and God's plan for people. And I, I love the verse. I should have looked this up beforehand. I think it's in Isaiah. I don't know where it says God puts the lonely in families. So there's this theme of home all throughout scripture. And so when we are making home, we are tapping into that metaphor and living it out and creating this subtype. There, there's the big archetype of God making a home. And when we have our little small if it sometimes feels very insignificant homes, we are connected to God's work. We are showing a picture, a small picture of the work that God's doing in the world and with his people, a little microcosm of the big picture. So creating a home is a big deal, but it's also not special, really. It's basic. Making a home is basic. Oh, thank you. Psalm 68, six. Totally off there. <laughs> there really are a lot of rich and deep theological truths when it comes to the idea and the concept of home and me making a home, creating a home taps into them. And when we can see that truth, that helps our, that encourages us, that motivates us, that shapes the way we go about making a home. It shapes the way we talk about our home and it helps us keep a right perspective. So in the New Testament, and again, should have looked this up first, <laughs> um, when we're told to set our minds on things above, this is part of doing that. We are setting our minds on the, the real reality, which is God making homes in the garden, Jesus going to prepare a place for us. Homes are a spiritual thing. 
and we need to set our minds on the truth about home in order to do our small tasks with love and grace and a good attitude and all those things with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, right? Spiritual things, spiritual fruit that we live out here in our homes because it's all tied together. They aren't unrelated. This is not insignificant, menial, boring work. This is deeply significant and deeply spiritual, even when it's the dishes. But they're still dishes and it's still just laundry. <laughs> we might not feel super spiritual doing it, but it's embodying the, the spiritual truths. It's living it out and making it felt and known and experienced. It's making truth experienced. So that is where homes come from and how we create them. We don't really create them, <laughs> basically. God creates them and we get to share in this kind of sub-creation work that's ultimately God's work in the world. Really, our job in the home is to manage the home. And just like God set Adam and Eve in the garden to keep and to tend it, God sets us in a home and tells us to keep it and to tend it. That means that managing a home, it's not like a decoration project or an organization project where once it's done, it's done. And we never have to come back to it again. It just kind of is this self-sustaining thing that's out there. You know, if if God created the world, and he did, um, we shouldn't expect our little worlds, our homes, to work differently than the way God made the world to work. And we know that God created the world, and he didn't create it to run on its own without his interference. And then you can step away and do something else, right? That's deism. That's false. God created the world and upholds it, sustains it, rules it. Like there's never a point at which he's not involved. And so if we are created in his image and working in the world in, in little ways, then we should not expect to create a home that runs on, on its own without our involvement, where we can set it going and it goes by itself so that we can go do something else. That's not the way God works. And so that's not the way we ought to work or expect to work. But a lot of times our frustration comes because in our little worlds, our little homes, we want to be a deist. We want the world to work in that model where we can just wind it up and then it goes. Like I'm gonna do the work and then it's done, it's working, I can go do something else. Again, this is expectation set under a false worldview, under falsehood. When we're thinking about truth and living along the lines of truth, then we recognize that our homes take management, ongoing maintenance, tending, keeping, upholding, ruling. And if God joys to work in that way, then we can too. And if we don't, it's probably just a bad attitude on our part. So we can repent of a bad attitude and ask for the right attitude, receive it, move forward with it, and continue on in the good work. So managing a home is a different kind of mindset or mentality than 
homemaking or organization as a project that we can check off, move on from, like get it set up so we never have to think about it or do it again. There's always gonna be laundry and there's always gonna be dishes. There's always gonna be crumbs on the floor. All of that work that we do every day is ongoing. It's, it is going to be undone and needing to be done again. And so when we are frustrated and irritated because the work that we did was just undone, then that's a problem with us and our expectations and our goals not being in line with truth. So the way to wrap our heads around what our job really is, is to really latch onto this word, manage the home, maintenance. It takes ongoing effort and skill. And yes, we can totally delegate and get help and all of that, but a home takes personal involvement. It doesn't have to be us alone, but it does have to include us. Even if we delegate, even if we have household help or have our kids helping, someone's the manager making sure the things are done and supervising at least, if not actually being the one doing them. And it's not a system that we set up and then it's it just spins all on its own. It, it takes ongoing involvement. And instead of being frustrated with that or trying to find a way to make that not true, we can just recognize that as a truth and find ways to like it, right? To love what must be done, to enjoy the work. Because if that's the way that God runs the world and that's how he delights in being a creator, then if we are little tiny sub-creators of our little tiny homes, we're going to find the most satisfaction and joy when we work in the same manner he does. Uh, he's the ultimate role model that we are to imitate. He's showing us the way it's done. And if we fight the way it's done and try to set up our own little worlds that work on a different set of natural laws, then uh, we're idolaters. We're just trying to be our own gods. Instead, we are submitting to the way God made the world, the roles that he's given us, the way that he has made the world to work and the way that he wants us to work, which is in line with the way that he works. So management is ongoing. It's keeping, it's tending. It's not an achievement that we unlock and move on. There is progress in that we, we can like achieve the next level, which usually means there's just another set of circumstances that need more, a different level of managing, right? It's like leveling up. It's still the same work, even if we're making progress. And it's significant, meaningful progress, but it never is to the point where we no longer have to do it anymore. The work being undone is baked in. We need to expect that and say, well, it's not about keeping floors clean. It's about cleaning them every day or every week or whatever fits the usage level of your family. It's it's not about keeping anything a certain way, like a static state. It's about continually applying attention and effort and skill to the situation to keep it running. That's management. So if we create homes and we manage our home in an ongoing kind of way, then we want to make sure and do that with a certain goal and in a certain way. Uh, we're never going to make a home a pleasant place to be if we are grumpy while we're doing that work that makes a home, right? And it's just totally true. Homemaking is more than housework, but it includes housework. 
So I think in in making it pleasant, we we see housework and our approach to it, but we also need to expand our definition of homemaking and think about what makes a home pleasant. It includes things like the dishes are done and there are clean clothes to wear, but it, that, it doesn't stop there, right? There are, there is such a thing as clean, cold, uninviting, unwelcoming, unpleasant homes, right? That's not the goal. So when we think about homemaking, we can think about the big picture and what makes a home pleasant. And I just realized that I copied, I changed the heading and not my points here. It's all the same. So what makes a home pleasant? I'll just add them right now. Homemaking is more than housework, right? So what makes something a pleasant home? And here's the, the big secret. It's not really a secret, but it is sometimes feels like a bummer because this is where we can't be helped by checklists. Like we can get a cleaning checklist, right? And like check all the boxes. But we, as a homemaker, are, I gotta make sure and spell it right, atmospheres of our homes. We make our homes a pleasant place to be. Our attitudes are contagious. So if we want our homes to be pleasant places to be, we have to be pleasant. And, and us, ourselves, being pleasant makes a bigger difference on the home's atmosphere than the cleanliness. It's not that the cleanliness isn't unimportant or we shouldn't be working on that, but that is secondary to our attitudes and our relationships. It needs the cleanliness and the, you know, decluttering, managing the stuff has to come in as a secondary servant to the primary goal of being pleasant with one another. And that's why convivial, I think, is such an important word because convivial is not about the stuff. Convivial's about our attitudes together. So, yes, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's ex it's true. That's a, a cliche for a reason. We are the atmospheres of our home. So our job as homemakers is to make our homes pleasant places to be by being pleasant to be around. So if we are keeping the house clean, but we're nagging and yelling and being crabby and being upset with people who are messing up our work all the time, that's not making the home a pleasant place to be. Even if it's making it clean, it's missing the point. And we know it's missing the point, but because we, we think and we've been told by most of the organizing books out there and articles and everything that if we just get things clean and in order, then all that stuff is going to take care of itself. That's false. It starts with our hearts and our attitudes and our hearts and attitudes work themselves out in appropriate ways, which will include getting things in order. But truth is worked inside out, not outside in. There can be a little bit of outside in, like outside things influence us. Our environment and the atmosphere influences us. But the relational, attitudinal, spiritual atmosphere has a much higher potency than the physical. It's not that the physical doesn't matter. The material world 
it matters. But our attitudes have a bigger effect on uh, the family around us and even on that housework than the housework does on our attitude. We like to blame our bad attitude on the bad housework, but we really need to switch that out. And we can start that not by trying to get to a certain place in the home with the housework before we're allowed to be happy or be allowed to relax or rest. But we start with repenting of our lack of self-control and our lack of management and our lack of joy and our lack of love. And then we ask God for those things because we've come to the point where we realize we don't have those things ourselves. We've been trying to work out in our own strength, our own love and peace and joy. And we come pretty quickly to realize we don't have enough. <laughs> we, we, we don't have enough to go around. We don't have enough to make a big enough impact on the home. A lasting change stick. And that's as it should be. So if you're at that place where you feel like, I just don't have enough. I just can't do this. It's like, there you go. You're at the right place. You're right where you are supposed to be. We all need to remember that, to realize that, and to keep coming back to that place. Because that's where we realize that we are dependent on God and we need his spirit. We need his grace and his love because we don't have enough. We can't have enough. We're never going to have enough. We have to have his. So then we can work out what God's worked in. But we don't work things out to get more. To get more of what we need, we have to be connected to the vine to get the sap to keep producing fruit. So homemaking is fruitfulness. And God has a lot to say about fruitfulness. It's faithfulness. It's walking in the way, in the responsibilities that God has given us. The work itself matters. But we don't work it to earn a result that we want. We work it out of gratitude and in faithfulness because we're being fruitful, because we're abiding in the vine and getting strength, drawing our nourishment and our ability through the fruit of the spirit. That means the spirit's in us working it out in us. So whenever we come to that place of feeling like we don't have enough, that we're inadequate, that's fine. It's true. And if it's true, then it's a good place to be. It's not a good place. It's, we don't stay there, but we have to come to that point, I think, over and over again. And that's where we pray and receive the fruits of the Spirit from the Holy Spirit. And then we can live it out and apply it and work it and become the atmosphere that we are called to be. So that's one reason why I keep coming back to the motto of repent, rejoice, repeat, because that's, that's the cycle of homemaking, because it's the cycle of living. We come to that place where we realize our sin, our inadequacy, our failures. That's okay. We're all going to hit that place to a greater or lesser extent all the time. And that's as it should be, because that's when we are able to see our need and repent, turn to God. Then we receive forgiveness and strength and joy, and we're able to rejoice, which looks like something that looks like gratitude, grateful living, and, you know, abounding in the work that God's given us to do with joy. And that's just a repeatable, re repent, rejoice, repeat. That's just an ongoing 
repeating pattern. That's a habit that we work in. And so when we feel like failures, that doesn't mean that we need to go find the magic solution. It just means we're at the beginning of that loop. And it's just time to, to take the next step to keep that loop going. And it's okay. And it's not up to us to fix ourselves. So we create our homes only because God's created them first. And we manage them with ongoing attention and effort and skill. And we uh, make our homes a pleasant place to be by being pleasant. And we don't have to do that in our own strength. We can't do that in our own strength. It teaches us our need for God. And that's sanctification. And that's a beautiful, wonderful, and good thing. So it was kind of a lot. That's a big picture look at homemaking. There's not really any quick tips there for decluttering or keeping up with the dishes or the laundry. I do have different, you know, blog posts and that sort of thing on those kind of more nitty gritty topics. But I think that unless we are really grounded in the right definitions and the right goals and the right expectations for homemaking, those quick tip solutions are never going to get us very far. It's only when we have the right orientation and we're aligning ourselves with truth that we're going to see progress at the nitty gritty level. We do have nitty gritty work to do. We do wash the dishes. We do fold the laundry. We hug the children. And that's part of what makes a home. But we have to keep the big picture in mind if we are not going to feel frustrated when the work is undone. If we are going to step out of our patterns of grumpiness and feeling frazzled at all the different things on our to-do lists and we're never getting to all that we hope to get to. And when we feel like there's never enough time to do what we want to do or even what we need to do, it is keeping that big picture in mind and recognizing the patterns that we are living out matter, that our attitude and our approach matters the most. That's focusing on what's really important. That will help us determine what we really need to be doing and working on, that it's you know, not necessarily organizing the closets or decluttering the garage or these different projects that we put on, or even just finally getting to the bottom of the laundry pile or actually getting the bedrooms clean enough to actually vacuum. <laughs> Some That's as big a project as the garage. <laughs> but in that, we can get so kind of myopic or zeroed in on those tasks and those projects and thinking that that's going to be the magic solution when there really is no magic solution. And this is an ongoing tending. We need to keep the focus in mind because our goal is not to bring glory to ourselves by having a perfectly smooth running home. Our goal is to bring glory to God, which comes through faithfully doing the good works he's put before us, which includes the dishes and the laundry and the hugging the children and giving them band-aids and drinks of water. So for these different reasons, and I know that uh, we have the poll there and I see that most people have actually picked all of the above for these reasons of motivation. These are just common uh, plights that we all experience. And it's like spoiler alert, we're all going to feel like all of these continually. There's not a magic answer that completely eliminates these altogether. But there is truth that we can focus on that helps us out of them when we feel that way.
And there is growth in skill and in attention that we can work on to get to feeling less frazzled, feeling less frustrated. There, when we when we focus in on management instead of achievement in homemaking and tending and keeping as our role at home for a reason, for relationships, for showing love, for serving, for glorifying God, and not to make the home into this idyllic like trophy for ourselves then we can find satisfaction and joy and cheerfulness in our work as homemakers. And instead of being frustrated, we can just kind of take that in stride because we know what to do with it. We turn it over in repentance to God and rejoice by doing the right next thing in front of us. Now, part of the skill and the effort in managing is knowing what that right next thing is and no one else can tell you what the right next thing is, for sure. It's growth in wisdom and sanctification that helps us learn. But we don't have to have figured it all out to know the right next thing to do. It's, it's a journey. It's a step-by-step learning by failing and getting up again because God's working in us. It's sanctification, it's growth and wisdom, and it's all good. We aren't supposed to be at a finish mark. And we're, we're behind unless we're finished. We all just keep going and keep learning and keep needing to reapply. So, you know, it's not just a skill like being able, like learning how to vacuum and how to cook management we we really are all managers and we weren't necessarily trained in management skills or even management mindset and management approach and we we take too much of our standards from tv and magazines and pinterest and friends who seem to have it all figured out but we can use homemaking as our path for sanctification and we can just take baby step by baby step incremental change where our homemaking is all aligned and all one piece with the rest of our lives it's really not unconnected it's not just housework is this minute part of our lives and the the meaningful stuff happens over here. We kind of have to just toss homework or housework just enough time to keep, keep things going. Homemaking is, you know, it's just a part of our work and responsibility that God's called us to. And God's given all of us vocations and So homemaking is a piece of your vocation and you do have other vocations as well, the responsibilities that God's given you. And any of the things that apply to homemaking apply to the other vocations as well, because this is all just part of living before God, living and growing in sanctification, in wisdom, it's all similar principles. It's not homemaking isn't different from any other part of living life because it's just one of the callings that God has given us. And so in um, Simply Convivial continuing education membership, there are courses that do apply to homemaking, planning, We encourage you to start with the one that's all about organizing your attitude, 12 modules on organizing your attitude, because that applies to all of them. But figuring out your vocations helps you put things in the right priority, see the right next thing to do, and move forward in those baby step better habits so that we can carry out our calling cheerfully, where we can end the day satisfied instead of stressed and frustrated and frazzled. 
because we're seeing all the parts and how they really work together and operate on the same principles. Christine says that she wants to make a printable quote for we can use homemaking as a path for sanctification. Go for it. Send it to me when you do. That'd be awesome. <laughs> because it's true. And really because that's because life is the path of sanctification. That's what life is for. And homemaking is just a piece of life. And really what Simply Convivial, whether it's the blog or the podcast or the membership, it's all about living life as the path for sanctification. And that means that it's all meaningful and all significant, and it can be all satisfying. And I know that a lot of you here, I see our members. And so together in membership with the course material and working through with emails, we have a private chat group, uh, a private chat program entirely where we hold each other accountable and have conversations and troubleshoot. That's what we do in membership is just kind of living this out and applying this and figuring out what the right next thing is for us in our individual lives. So um, Kimberly asks, what did you say about ending the day with the feeling of satisfaction? Right when you do know that you've been doing the right thing and no free printable checklist or paid, you know, paid printable checklist for that matter is actually going to be able to tell you what the right next thing is. It's something that we have to figure out by examining our vocations, figuring out what those are, which is a part, a piece that we do inside membership figuring out what God's called you to and what's involved there. And when you are moving forward faithfully with repenting, rejoicing, repeating, you can end the day with satisfaction, even though your to-do list's not all checked off. We think that checking everything off our to-do list is what's going to give us satisfaction at the end of the day or, you know, ending the day with a clean house we set up all of these, we pin all of our hopes or our expectations for satisfaction on these kind of small achievements that, or large, unattainable really, because they don't last long, but we pin our satisfaction on them when we need to be pinning our satisfaction on, did we handle the day with grace and faithfulness? And what does that look like? That's growing in diligence and it will help us grow in skill more than the cut and dry cleaning checklist. <laughs> Don't want to get sidetracked by the, the chat there. Yes, when we are leaning on God, that is the best example for our children. And that's going to be where our homemaking matters. Our homemaking is about making our home a pleasant place to be, which is more than safe or cozy or comfortable or fun in, in material kind of ways. But it really does come back to when we are working out our work, mirroring and imaging God in the way he does his work, we're being imitators of God like we're called to be. That's homemaking that makes pleasant homes. That's the model for our children, the model for relationships that's going to bring satisfaction. And it doesn't correlate necessarily to getting the cleaning checklist done. Again, it's not like it doesn't relate, but that's not what ultimately matters or what ultimately gives us satisfaction. But our homes are just one area in our lives where we can uh, image God, imitate God, and that's where we find satisfaction. <laughs> um, so if you, if you want friends doing that same thing, like-minded people on the same track as that, then you can find us in Simply Convivial 
continuing education. We have multiple courses on homemaking, on planning, on organizing your attitude, on doing the housework, on doing the homeschooling, on being consistent and those important things. But everything from that perspective of it's actually about sanctification. It's actually about faithfulness and fruitfulness and honoring and glorifying God, not about making life look and feel the way that you want it to. Sometimes the way God wants it to isn't what we want. Uh, <laughs> so we can organize our attitudes first in order to organize our life. And so you can find out more about that by clicking the green button there. And I would love to hear either a reply to an email or just in the chat here. Let's see, Christine says there used to be a quiz to show us which course to start with. That is, uh, so you can either find that quiz in your email or you can actually just email support at simplifiedorganization.com and Virginia Lee can send you that link again or maybe Stephanie can send you the link to take that again. But yeah, there, there's a lot in membership. So it can be overwhelming at first to know where to start, but we do have a basics course that's just to get the, like get your feet under you and get started with what's most important, which includes attitude adjustment. And then there's also a quiz to help you figure out which course you should start with. And there really is no right way. There's just taking those baby steps, the one that seems the most applicable, the most needed right now, and that's why it's all available in membership. It's not figuring out which course you need to buy. It's just all there. Do it in bits and pieces here, here and there, whichever lesson jumps out at you as this is what I need right now. There you go. Thank you, Stephanie. The basics course is right now it's called Get Organized. The five essential practices to getting organized. I am working on redoing it. And in a couple of weeks, it's going to be new and improved and called Homemaking 101. <laughs> and we'll include this workshop. So, yes, we all need the attitude piece the most. We all need the big picture every step of the way because it's so easy to get lost in the details and to just think that this checklist or this outcome decluttering this room or organizing that closet is going to make all the difference in the world. But it isn't because those things are going to need to be redone. And that's not a downer. That's the truth. It's only a downer if our hopes are pinned on those things staying put. When our minds and our attitudes are aligned to tending and working in faithfulness and fruitfulness, then it's okay that we have to do the same thing over again the next day, because that's what faithfulness does and is. So we can find our satisfaction there. So thank you for joining me and I hope that helped. And I would love to hear your takeaways on Instagram or by email reply uh, in convivial circle if you are there. And thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you are able to organize your attitude first before the closets. And that's really the first step to organizing anything else and to managing your home with grace and love and joy. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of the Simply Convivial podcast. Imagine ending your day satisfied instead of frustrated, because even though your lists aren't all checked off, you know you've done what matters most. After all, homemaking is not about achieving your perfectionist ideals, but rather about accepting your responsibilities and your constraints so you can walk in faithfulness and fruitfulness. If you need guidance and accountability in this process, then enroll today in Continuing Education for Homemakers at Simply Convivial. You can beat the boom and bust cycle and find satisfaction and competence in your calling. 
Enroll in Simply Convivial Continuing Education to get the jumpstart you need. To help you get started figuring out what you need to be a better homemaker, get the Homemaking Brain Dump Guide at simplyconvivial.com homemaking. And remember, life is for our sanctification, for God's glory, not our own. So every day, let's repent, rejoice, repeat. <laughs>